Hello and welcome to Reader Watch. We are your hosts. I'm Michelle. And I'm Alex. In this episode, we are going to be discussing Annihilation. Um, so for the audience, for everyone watching, we are talking about the Annihilation movie and the Annihilation book. We are not talking about the entire trilogy, um, the Southern Reach tril trilogy, of which Annihilation is the first book. Just we're talking first book and the singular movie comparison. That's it. Um, so there will be full spoilers. So if you have not read or watched or enjoyed Annihilation in any way, just be mindful that you probably won't know everything that we're talking about because we're just going to be talking about it as if you already have enjoyed the content. So with that in mind, typically I am a reader. I like to read things before I watch them. And that is the case for this. I did read the book before I watched the movie, though, according to my book, it wasn't very long before the movie came out. So I bought the book and then the movie came out. Um, but that was the order in which I enjoyed it. What about you, Alex? Uh, I, I, I guess it usually depends on what it is. Like if I watch a movie and, and uh, it really grips me, uh, I, I go out and reach the, like look for the, 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 the book just to see, hey, I, I want more. And, uh, and that's what happened with Annihilation. And it happened with uh, even movies that aren't that good. Like apparently nobody liked Ender's Game. But I, I went out, I, I read the book like several times because the book ended up being way better than the movie, fair enough. But like it was, there was still like the plot intrigued me, uh, same with Annihilation, uh, just wondering what, what's going on. So uh, yeah, in this case, it was book, then movie. Cool. So um, this, like Annihilation in general, both book and movie, is described as a weird science horror slash sci-fi story <laughs> it's quite it's got quite a few descriptors but I, I think else? most of them are accurate <laughs> yeah and like I think that's it um so it pretty much covers or follows a group of women scientists as they go into what is described as like an unexplained phenomenon um this unknown area that they need to find the answers to so why is this happening how do we prevent it what happened to the previous teams that were investigating that's pretty much what both book and movie are about there's slight differences in what the entity or the thing is called uh, in the book it's area x in the movie it's the shimmer um so if you hear us referring to it as either or it's the same thing <laughs> just for, for everyone participating or watching along at home um so that's pretty much what it's all about um we see these characters kind of encountering different challenges within the phenomenon, um, whether they're mental or physical challenges, kind of depends on the book, the movie, there's a couple different things that go wrong. And at the end of it, we are left with our one singular character um, known as the biologist slash Lena, depending on the book or the movie, which we'll talk about that. Um, so our main female character is the quote unquote sole survivor at the end. And it's all kind of about her journey in particular. So. That's what it's about. Let's talk about it. <laughs> the first thing I want to talk about is the differences in the characters. So as I kind of just said, they're named in the movie. They're not named in the book. Uh, in the book, it's actually a group of four scientists. It's a biologist, an anthropologist, a psychologist, and a surveyor. In the movie, it's five women. Only two of them retain the same jobs as the people from the book did. <laughs> And they're all named. They all have backstories and names. They're really like fully fleshed out characters in the movie compared to the book. Um, what do you like have an opinion about that? Why do you need a linguist going into the shimmer 
Because True. that's what they added in the movie, right? A linguist. Um, no, the, the linguist the, was actually from the book. They were, the linguist was supposed to be the oh. fifth person in the book, but she never even oh. went into the shimmer. She just like didn't oh, go. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, Sorry they added. Right. They added in the movie a paramedic, a physicist, and a magnetologist. I'm not quite sure what that one is, <laughs> truthfully. <laughs> Um, I, but it seemed to make sense, like, okay, those are science-y things. The linguist thing confused me in the book. I'm like, it makes sense right. that she didn't go. <laughs> right, right. So so it does make sense you you bring in as many people from as many fields of study into this thing. Unfortunately, since there's, like, since nobody's coming out, why would you want to feed more, you know, specialists and geniuses in there for them, like, not to make it out? I, the... Uh, the strategy go like from the beginning, from the get go, it's kind of kind of weird. It's on shaky legs considering everything that's happening. But uh, yeah. but but but, but I, I I thought it was great because if it's like for if it was a first time expedition, of course you would send in these sorts of people. Mm -hmm. I think the interesting thing in terms of the naming of the characters in the movie versus the book, like obviously as an audience, <laughs> I don't think it would make sense for like any character to refer to the other character as their physician. That wouldn't right. make sense. Like they need to actually communicate with each other um, because the book all comes from the biologist perspective. It's her telling the story in the past. She refers to people as their jobs and it doesn't seem as weird. But when you're like face to face with somebody you're not gonna be like, hey, yo, surveyor, what you doing? <laughs> um, and I think that giving the characters names in the movie and giving them actual backstories because most of the characters are not fleshed out in the book at all except for the biologist and her husband primarily it made sense and actually kind of answered the thing that you said Alex of like why would you send these people in because it is revealed in the movie that all five of these women are like damaged in some way they're like emotionally scarred they have some type of trauma that makes them like willing to do a suicide mission and yeah. it makes sense for them to show up there and I thought that was a really cool difference between the book and the movie because in the book like the other characters they they die and you don't really care you're like okay bye yeah <laughs> and then I found in the movie I, I really did care about most of the characters because you kind of knew their backstory they had a name they, they had more yeah. character than just like hey, you linguist, what you doing? <laughs> um, so I liked, even though it was a pretty notable difference, I really liked that difference between the two. Yeah, just by giving them names alone, it uh, personalizes them, makes them uh, more fleshed out. And, and then you do find out that there, there are the backstories, a lot of them tragic backstories that uh, even if you don't find out, you see the repercussions like uh, Josie cutting up her arm for example, uh, and and uh, Gina Rodriguez's character uh, Anya, she mm -hmm. she was um, like she's a really angry person. Like like you, you see a lot of these uh, personality traits uh, mm -hmm. playing out in the movie that uh, <clears throat> kind of hidden in the book. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think, I mean, the story itself is a very like I want to say character driven story, even though you don't know the characters that well in the book but it's very like um, the biologist Lena is telling her story. It's very like about the interactions between the people. And I think the really interesting thing that I don't know if the movie did quite as well, but I think it was an intentional choice is in the book. It's very clear and it's constantly drilled in that the previous teams all went nuts. Like they're like, they killed themselves. They killed each other. They committed suicide. 
those were the three reasons for them dying. In the books, there was no third party entity. There was no bear, there was no alligator, there was no external danger. It was just like the people in your party going nuts. I don't think the movie really, it didn't super do that. The only character that truly gave into that was Gina Rodriguez's character, the paramedic, as I refer to her. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's the only one who really succumbed to those like tendencies, whereas everyone else kind of got murdered by creatures. And I don't know if that worked the same way. Like it worked in the, like it was exciting, it was dramatic, but it didn't really work in like the psychological sense that you get from the book. Right, no, uh, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um... That's why, like, the book felt just more straight up sci-fi. Like, the, the horror element was kind of, like, really diminished, actually, especially in comparison mm -hmm. uh, with the movie. Uh, that, that, and that was really why the movie stood out to me uh, so much. It was, like, true horror. It, it, it was, like, fear of the other, of the unknown. And, mm -hmm. and, and while there was a lot of mystery in the book, it, it wasn't as frightening as the movie itself. Because the movie, it, it showed a lot even without showing it, like j j just the clues of, uh, of just the plant life, just, uh, just a combination of, uh, of plants and flowers, that's scary in itself. And, and the thought that that is also happening within the, you know, the bodies of the people in there, you know, the, the, and there's body horror in there. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a lot of things going on in this movie that, uh, that the book, uh, I, I guess it, it, it took a different route. Yeah, would it surprise you that in my research, the director um, of the movie only read the book once. <laughs> Look, the concept, sometimes the concept of something is so strong that like, you, you, like I'm sure he just started writing, just jotting notes, jotting notes, jotting notes. And, and, and like, he just had to sort of like insert things into his own uh, story. Like it, it, it reminds me of, uh, you, did you know that Stephen King hates or hated, still hates Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining? Yeah. He can't, yeah. Yeah, he can't, he can't stand it because apparently it strayed too far from the book. Like it, for, for one thing he called, like the first time you see Jack Nicholson, he looks crazier than a shithouse raccoon. That's what he said. So, so Jack Nicholson turning crazy wasn't really believable because he looked crazy to begin with. But mm -hmm. like The Shining, I love, I love the movie, The, the Shining. I, 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 I bought it, the, the Jack Nicholson whole thing. And, and like Sally Kubrick's vision is unparalleled. It's still like my favorite horror movie of all time. Mm -hmm. and, and, this, and Annihilation, it, it's just another uh, example of like when a director has a vision you just have to see that through. Uh, unfortunately, like I, I suppose the box office didn't uh, agree, but <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. My God, it's heartbreaking. But but yeah, his his vision remains, and it, it, it's a memorable movie. Mm -hmm. I yeah, I think it it like without going, I don't want to talk too much about this because I'm intending to do a reader watch about this, but it falls under the World War Z category for me where it's similar in name and that's about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like name and concept. <laughs> and then everything else is, is pretty different. And I think in this case, it works quite well. I think mm -hmm. the book is a self-contained book slash trilogy and the movie is a self-contained thing. But I think when you are trying to find like the similarities, you're gonna be disappointed. Because there's like, 
a huge, huge plot point in the book and the subsequent books, because it, it's ta talked a lot about in the trilogy, there's the whole like hypnotism thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, I, I think, and I, I truthfully don't think this could have been put to film properly. So I think that's why this isn't the case. But the idea of Area X or the Shimmer breaking people when they enter, like that's what would happen. The first expeditions that went in, it literally broke them mentally. Mm -hmm. So the like continuing expeditions, they had to be put under hypnosis in order to even enter the Shimmer properly. And then the psychologist of the team had these like code words in order to help kind of like wrangle these people who were all going through like mental breakdowns in the shimmer. They didn't do that in the movie. So you lose that huge piece of like, do you actually trust the psychologist? Because there's this whole like, do we trust the people we're with? Um, because in the book, there is the showdown between the main character, the biologist and the psychologist in which the psychologist tries to get the biologist to kill herself because the code word for suicide is annihilation, hence the title, which yeah. is completely lost in the movie. That, like, <laughs> the title's actually suicide. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I think that's an interesting, like huge piece of the book <clears> that <throat> they're just like, just kidding, cutting room floor, none of that. I, I mean, it's kind of hinted at uh, in the book and, and I, uh, sorry, in the movie. And I suppose it's one of its failings uh, where uh, when they first entered the shimmer, days were lost and, and like if i remember correctly in, in the book that was due to the uh the psychologist's uh hypnosis that yeah. that they they lost a few days uh be, because of her and in in truth a psychologist in in this setting really there's no reason for one so that's mm -hmm. something that isn't addressed in the movie uh mm -hmm. like what, what would be the need for for her to be there besides being team leader mm -hmm. so uh so yeah that that's maybe you know, overlooked. Yeah, they try to explain it away a little bit because there is a conversation between, in the movie, Lena and Ventress, so biologist and psychologist, um, yeah. where the psychologist who's the leader is trying to explain the goal is to get to the lighthouse. And Lena, Natalie Portman's character, looks at her and goes, no, but what's your purpose? Mm -hmm. I know you're not here to do that. So what is it you're doing? And then it's kind of alluded that her whole thing is to just keep a check on them mentally. But like, good job. She has a yeah. terrible job. We see the paramedic go absolutely bananas. Insane. And then she just like Fs off. And then poor Tessa Thompson's character just decides to be one with plants. Like, good, good job keeping everyone mentally okay. Like, you really nailed it. So, yeah. Absolutely. I would say like the only thing, the other thing that kind of shows up in the movie versus the book is the book does not explain the shimmer area x at mm -hmm. all there is no solution to it there's no source of it they're not sure if it's extraterrestrial like there's not an answer they don't know what's happening whereas in the movie there's a lot of answers so you have the fact that they know the shimmer is expanding whereas in the book the main character doesn't know that until the very end of the book that it's expanding mm -hmm. the whole um um physicist uh, Tessa Thompson's character being like it's refracting that's not a thing yeah. <laughs> there is no answer in the book and the movie is like here's so many scientific yeah. words and jargon to give you an answer for this thing that doesn't make sense literally at all um, and I thought that was really interesting that they felt the need to answer it in the movie and there is no answer in the book what do, what uh, do you think about like that 
it, it I, I don't know, maybe uh, Alex Garland, the, the director, had the premonition that he was only going to get one shot, one movie. So he decided to to uh, put in some answers. Like the movie begins with a comet hurtling towards the lighthouse. So like automatically, you know, this is an alien uh, science fiction uh, uh, story. Uh, yeah, I, I I mean, I only read the first book of the Southern Reach series. And uh, well, like it, it didn't provide a lot of answers, especially with that ending, but like just the ending in the movie alone, it, it fills in a lot of gaps of what's going on that, that like what, what ga the gaps that are left, you fill in yourself. And, mm -hmm. and, and like, that's fantastic. Uh, but, but in the book, you're just left with these questions that, that just sort of tell you, well, you know, keep reading. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I mean, uh, Jeff Vandermeer, he, uh, he, he got his chance. He, he wrote out his trilogy. Uh, yeah. you know, he, he, he went for it he did it <laughs> he won a bunch of awards for it as well and yeah. I think a really interesting thing and now like I obviously didn't read the other two like the yeah. first one didn't get me enough to read the other two which has okay. truthfully never happened to me in a trilogy or a group of books if I read the first one I've always read the rest this is the first time I've not but I think it's really interesting that the way he wrote it is he actually released all four or all three books within eight months so it's not like they were self-contained stories. He wrote it as one story and divided it into three books. And I think that, like, this is a thin book. Not it is. Like, we could have had two more of this and had a full story. And I think that's where it went wrong with the book, in my <laughs> opinion, having not read the other one. So I literally don't know how it ends. But the movie is an adaptation of this book only. Like, they explicitly said that. Because there was one thing that... <laughs> when I was doing my, my searching, one thing that came up as a problem that people had with the movie is the main character is actually supposed to be of Asian descent because that's mentioned right. in the third book. Yeah, well. <laughs> but they I, adapted the first book. So I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't feel a way about that, honestly. No, I, I, I mean, diehard readers, I'm, I'm sure like the, the, that was a contentious point, but... Uh, I, I mean, j just the fact that Alex Garland only read it once, that means like it, he probably didn't read the other book, like, you, you know, he yeah. couldn't care less. So he, he just, you know, went for it with uh, the best actress available. And you know what? Thankfully, Natalie Portman was available because, God, she did an amazing job in that. Yeah. yeah. I, I have to give like a pr just props to the cast in general. Yeah. I thought every single person was spectacular in their role. Um, Gina Rodriguez like her kind of her shift as a character from being like fun and like flirty and like doing her thing and then just like absolutely losing her marbles but then her like final stand was spectacular yeah. <laughs> um, and then I just have a soft spot in my heart for Tessa Thompson anything she does I think is spectacular just because I adore her immensely and I just thought okay. she played this really beautifully damaged character like you could really having one other character mention that like Tessa Thompson's character like cuts herself not to kill herself but to feel alive mm -hmm. and then that's all you know about her character that's mm -hmm. enough like that is yep. enough to to fully understand that character and when she chooses to like die the way she does I it made sense so I was like you know you do your thing girl you be <laughs> re retracted with the plants or whatever <laughs> whatever the science is for that <laughs> 
it, it, it was a bittersweet moment, especially in the face of uh, the, the scene that happened previously where uh, you lost uh, Anya, I think. Yeah, the, Gina Rodriguez's character. Uh, you lost yeah. her to the bear and, and you also lost Cass uh, mm-hmm. also to the bear. And, and you hear, you know, the bear's voice. I'm like, what could happen to you if, mm-hmm. you know, like, like her dying... Uh, I don't know, like her death rattle lived on in this bear that yeah. ate her, which which is like, that's not the way to go. So uh, mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson's character decided on the way to go. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's why it was, it, it was just, yeah, b- bittersweet. Just, just like a, a heavy contrast uh, mm-hmm. to, to what just happened. Yeah. I will say I've in the past, and I swear this has been a conversation at some point with Lunchbox. I don't know where this conversation happened, if it was recorded or not, but I disagreed about Annihilation being a horror movie. At some point, I expressed that opinion. I would like to formally retract that opinion (laughs) because for the first time, I was rewatching the movie today, and for the first time ever, the, like, enormity of the bear actually hit me. Mm -hmm. Like, the as you said, the death rattle, like the sound coming from it. I don't know if I just didn't pay attention to that the first time that I saw it, like it just didn't hit me that way. But holy crap, that Mm -hmm. scares me. Like not like a bear doesn't scare me, but the thing eating me and then screaming my final scream forever, that's terrifying. (laughs) That is like super nightmare fuel. Like alligator, I don't really care, but like the (laughs) screaming bear, that is so so scary it comes from nowhere not even nothing close happens in the book but like putting that on screen was so brilliant it's such a freaky ass creature it's like top top tier creatures for me now in in horror movies like it's up there absolutely messed up (laughs) so messed up yeah yeah the yeah the implications of that it's just like you know just sends you into an existential frenzy you know (laughs) just thinking Mm -hmm. about it and uh, and and yeah, as 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 far as as horror goes, it it, it definitely has its elements. Like uh, that dude getting cut open, and you see the wriggling uh, intestines. That's that's like, um, and and a lot, like like I said, the body horror stuff. It it reminds mm-hmm. me of a movie like uh, like the thing. Uh, same with the mm-hmm. bear. Wait, like, like it reminds me of the, of the dog, the dog creatures mm-hmm. fusing it to something. Like this bear is just something not from this earth, and. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of scary stuff there. <laughs> and, and, and actually, I, I watched it last week, and, and and like when you see the bear walking slowly and just the the, the scream coming out of its mouth, the, the, like you, I felt a little something. I like get my chest, like a little tingle. Like whoa, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah. The the one thing I want to say the movie just absolutely nailed in reference to the bear, but also just overall sound design was mm-hmm. so so good. In particular, the final scene in the lighthouse, it's just like otherworldly enough that it's yeah. it's like, I didn't find that scene to be particularly good. Like I thought that weird mirror version of her was just stupid looking. Like I just don't, I didn't, I didn't buy into that, but the sounds had my like skin crawling. Like it just felt otherworldly. It felt unknown. It felt scary in that sense to me. So I loved that, especially because like going from a book to a movie, what's it going to sound like? Nobody knows. And I think they right. nailed the the feel of the book of this like otherworldly unknown, like I don't know what it is and therefore it scares me. They nailed that with the sound, 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, uh, and and I I, I just want to say I bought into to to the visuals because like it, just like the sound like the sound is just like these sounds that I've never heard in my life and 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 they're they're playing it over this weird I I don't know what to call it, like this mirror fractal thing that it looks like it's moving towards you but it's not yeah it's like, standing, yeah it's, it's like staying absolutely still and it it, it like like absolutely surreal just a combination of the two the sound and the visual it reminded me of like the first time i watched 2001 a space odyssey mm. and 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 i was just captivated just like on the edge of my seat like what is happening with these visuals what is going to happen what does this mean and uh yeah it, i i felt the exact same thing watching the movie or watching the end uh of the movie now now that we're talking about the end we have to talk about the end <laughs> just in general because <laughs> i think in the book first movie discussion the ending is the biggest difference by far besides like the addition of creatures but the ending is vastly different it's 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 completely yeah. different um so in the book our main character the biologist she doesn't kill the shimmer thing there is no shimmer thing um she realizes her husband is potentially still part of him is still alive in the area because the version of him that came home is dead at this point mm -hmm. he died before she even started the mission in the book and she is resolved to go find him so the book ends with her saying i'm going to go up the coast to another outpost or whatever i'm going to find my husband that's the end of the book yeah. vastly different so at the end of the movie we see biologist slash lena fighting yeah. the mirror refracted version of her the humanoid looking thing which she defeats and then returns home to her maybe husband maybe clone husband and then she herself is also maybe not herself right. so like a very ambiguous ending yeah yeah so um i mean the the, the movie was filled with these antagonists that were, you know, physically imposing, like the crocodile and uh, and 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 the bear. So, like, it makes sense that at the end of the movie, there's like just just this, another antagonist uh, that the book was was missing, just, just like a, a thing, a creature that uh, Lena had to face off against. So, like, in terms of watching the movie, it was well within my expectations that that would come up, like that there would be some sort of uh, blockade I, I i thought that it was going to be ventress maybe like like um fused with an alien or something like, like that mm -hmm. was going to be the thing but but it turned out to be a, a carbon copy of uh of lena and it it felt um it was more fulfilling seeing that seeing her confront uh this and, and face off against it and come out all the better for it uh and and be able to escape the uh the shimmer uh but the ambiguity of what uh like what happened to her that i i, I don't know I, I mean it it, it kind of bothered me you know it's like well we don't have an answer for that plus we're not getting a sequel so what is happening uh, uh there but uh I, I i did much prefer it over the book because of, of the book uh the whole to be to be continued thing although it's not as bad with a, a, an eight month you know wait waiting period Unlike a George R. R. Martin uh, Game of Thrones book, right? Yeah. 
so 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 it might not be that bad uh mm -hmm. to wait yeah yeah i ooh, i can't say i liked i didn't like the book ending but also i'm aware that it's not truly the ending but right. i do feel like even in other trilogies i've read like harry potter for example like the story ends at the end of the book and yep. it's the characters that carry over and i really wish that had been more of the case like the story ended more mm. in the book not just like we made it here yeah and it means nothing <laughs> and nothing matters and i'm just gonna keep traveling uh, that didn't really work for me as, so like annihilation as a book didn't work because it didn't end it just was like intermission it felt like whereas truthfully the movie ending didn't really work for me either i don't know what i would have i wouldn't have preferred the book ending in movie format it wouldn't have worked no, no. just i struggle when there's an adaptation of something and they create their own like entity right so they created the bear and the bear played by a set of rules like it yeah. could be killed this is how it behaved this is what we could expect from this creature they didn't really follow those rules with this like refracted being at the end because it came out as a mirror image it would mirror her movements but then sometimes it wouldn't and then like yeah. here let me hand you a grenade and walk away and somehow you don't follow me or you don't hand it back. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I just, I wish there had been clearer rules to how that interaction worked because it just didn't, I don't know. It just, I questioned it too much. It didn't, it was like too convenient to me that like you could just hand it a grenade and walk away. <laughs> uh, the, the, no, the, the, the way I took it was that uh, since it was born of you, it would uh, copy you until it would gain its uh, own autonomy and independence mm -hmm. and then break away from you. Uh, like like uh, Lena's uh, husband, for whatever Kane. reason, yeah, Kane, he, he killed himself. So right. we didn't see how that would play out. Like, like, he, like he, he willingly gave up his life so that his doppelganger could go off. But uh, mm -hmm. Lena didn't, uh, she, she wasn't as, uh, you know, suicidal as that, uh, or, 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 or at least uh, Ventress did her job <laughs> in, in that respect. <laughs> but uh, but I, I saw that moment as as like the, uh, the, the her doppelganger just, you know, just starting to become autonomous, uh, like, like her own being. Uh, and unfortunately, she was holding a hot egg and <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay, honestly, that like, that description does kind of help me because I like I get stuck there each time I watch a movie. I'm like I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that yeah. does actually okay. If I actually do think about it, like realistically, that's right when her doppelganger starts to actually look like her. So maybe yeah. that kind of plays into what you're saying. Maybe it's it, 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 <laughs> my it's my head cannon. It's fine. You can use it, please. <laughs> <laughs> it, it works better than anything I came up with because everything yeah. I come up with makes me mad at the movie. <laughs> um, sweet. Do, is there anything else? that you think we haven't discussed? Uh, okay, I'm gonna bring this up because, oh my God, it's been, it's been haunting me. So I, I took this science fiction course in, in, uh, in university and uh, I read a short story that it, it, I don't know if it was influenced by the Southern Reach series, but it, it, imagine if Area X kept spreading around the globe. And okay. so it, it, if it would spread at the same rate, the same radius, that means it would envelop the the planet and it would leave just like a tiny you know uh like a circumference there right like one last piece of land 
So the short story uh, happens in this piece of land at the end of the world, like it, it's coming towards them, not at a fast rate or anything, but mm -hmm. uh, the protagonist, I'm pretty sure it was journalist or something, uh, but I don't know the name of the story and I wanna reread it because it was so cool. They were in, in the African Savannah at like the last hotel at the end of the world. And damn it, I wanna find this book. I don't know if you read it or are familiar with it. No, okay. But anybody it read sounds it cool. Watching? Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. And and like I, I remember uh like I, I read it then years later I watched Annihilation. I'm like, oh, oh wow, it was it's just like the short story that I read a few years ago. But I still but, but like this past weekend I, I've been like looking for this short story. I found like the textbook from the class and nothing. So it's bugging me. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, oh, that's really I, I would love to actually read that story of like the one chunk left. Yeah. Like, that sounds I, I, cool. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you know if, if I find the story, but, uh, but so far, no luck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I love that. Um, so I think that brings us to the end of our discussion, truly. So in the fashion of the show, now I ask you the question, if someone had never read or watched Annihilation, what would you recommend, the book or the movie? And oh, the why? book. Sorry, sorry, not the book. Uh, the the movie. The movie. Uh, because like, if if I don't know if you know me, I you know I love the thing. I I I love um, you know even the fly and two thousand one space odyssey. And I think this movie combines like uh portions of of those uh movies that I love. So I I, I would just yeah I'd recommend the movie. How about you? Oh, I feel like such a, a traitor to my type, but because I love books, I always recommend yeah. books. And truthfully, I don't, I don't struggle to read books. Like even a boring book, I, I can read it. I'm a very fast reader. This book took me, I remember when I first read it, I've read it a couple of times now, but the first time it took me, this is going to sound like, I don't know, it took me a week. Whereas I can read a book this size in a day easily. <laughs> no problem. I was on vacation with my family. I had this book, I'm at the beach, I got nothing else going on. I could not read it. So instead I read like a chapter and then I read my sister's book and then I read a chapter and then I read my dad's book and then I read a chapter. Like that was how I read the <laughs> stupid book. So for that reason, I absolutely recommend the movie over the book. Yeah. But I will say like maybe in a year or two years, I'm gonna try to read the other two books and see if that changes my opinion. Though I really don't think it will, because I think the movie is self-contained, visually yeah. impressive, great acting. If you want like a weird sci-fi, that's not so like the only other weird sci-fi horror I can think of is Color Out of Space, but that's yeah. like super weird. This yeah. one's not quite as weird, um, though the body horror is very similar. I would say. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good movie. It's it's entertaining. It's also not super long. It's like two hours or so, yeah. um, and it doesn't feel super long so i would recommend to watch it and maybe don't even read the book maybe not unless you're going to yeah. read the tr trilogy and report back and let us know if like we missed <laughs> out by not reading the rest of it um but i i vote i vote movie as well so with all that said this has been reader watch um uh we talked about annihilation book and movie and uh i'm michelle i was joined by alex and uh, thank you so much for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment. Let us know if you've read the trilogy. I'm very curious if any of you exist out there. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. <laughs>